With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, this is Zach Peake. Hey, this is Pat Dorian. Hey, this is Drew Robb. It's Anthony Cervidio. You're listening to the Talking Birdie Podcast. Fly ball left field. Meet McLeod is there. And the magical season of the Baltimore Orioles continues. Ball and two strikes on goals. Round ball the first. There's Pierce. And the Orioles are champions of the AL East. With the first selection of the 2019 MLB draft, the Baltimore Orioles select Adley Rutschman, a catcher from Oregon State University. Good evening, my friends. Welcome back. Don't laugh at me. Welcome back for episode 26 of the Talk Very Podcast. My name is Ryan, and I'm with Josh, and I'm with Brad. As per usual, what's up, guys? How's it going? Uh, we're going to a Thai place, so I'm excited for that, Ryan. And you, yes, brother, we are. we're doing it. Uh, Brad, how you doing? Good, man. Uh, just got back from Morgantown last weekend. Went to watch a little basketball. Had a good time, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So I didn't. I never got a chance to look at the score. Did KU win? They pulled it out, man. They pulled nice. it out good stuff. You did when you texted us, were they down or something? Were they were they losing? Were they down bad? No, no. Um, but I was, you know, possibly hopped up on moonshine when I texted you because I'm not really recalling what I texted you. So well you said like you were like, I have a streak of seeing my team win or something like that. Yeah. Oh like no, no, no. End, no, no, like no, 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 no. You misunderstood. I was telling you I had been on a streak of seeing my team lose a lot of games in a row. That's not uh, what you said. Yeah, I don't think that's what you said. <laughs> really? It's not yeah. what I said? Yeah, like I said, the You moonshine. just said moonshine, so. And then I said it's over. That's what I thought I said. Okay. Maybe that's, what you, maybe that's what you meant to say, but that's All not right. what you said. I thought that it's over text was this game is over and my yeah. streak is no, continued. I meant, <laughs> I meant the streak is over. No, they won by they won by 13. So Good. 
Yep, it was That's a awesome. good time. Didn't you? You've seen you've seen them lose a heartbreaker in that gym before, right? Uh, I've, they're about five hundred when I, I think they're still a game below five hundred when I, and I go down there every year. Uh, I've been down there like nine times for basketball or so. I think they're four and five, and they've never lost to WVU in Lawrence since they came to the Big Twelve. Eleven and 0, eleven and zero there, and the only two games that I missed uh, was the COVID year last year in West Virginia, yeah. and then another one. So they're like four and five when I've gone and went at WVU, even though they've never lost to them outside of West Virginia. So, yeah, I've seen some tough ones. Is Kansas tournament bound? I don't know if college. Oh, yeah. They're, they'll be a one or two seed. Okay. So, yeah. Can't say the same thing for Maryland. But this is not a college basketball podcast. It's not. It's not. Certainly not. This is a baseball podcast, and we have nothing to share for you about the lockout or anything like that. So time of this recording, there was no new news to talk about. But since then, there's been a ton of lockout news, but we're not going to talk about that in this episode because it was recorded a week and a half before anything happened with that. So enjoy the interview. We're just going to jump right into our latest interview, and that was with uh, Norfolk Tides infielder Patrick Dorian. So check it out now. And joining us now live via Zoom, Orioles prospect and Norfolk Tides interfield in, oh God, infielder <laughs> Patrick Dorian. Pat, how you doing, man? Thanks for being here. I'm doing well, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Excited to get it going here. Yeah, it's good to see you, man. We really appreciate you uh, you coming on. Uh, so, so has the team, the Orioles, given you any indication of like the future that they see for you? You know, you've covered pretty much every infield position. Uh, is there one that they forecast you sticking with as you move up, and is there one that you think you'd prefer to stay with? It's uh, a great question. Um, I love third base. That's where I spend most of my time last season. I spent most of my time over at third also um, played a little bit of first, which was new. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but once you, you know, play a couple games over there and start to learn the position a little more, it becomes more fun and you have a lot more responsibility over there than you think. So I, at the end of the day, um, the more positions I can play, the better, and it's going to help me make my way to the big league. So, I haven't really had any indication of, you know, when or how, you know, what year, what position, but I spend most of my time at third and I prefer a third, I'd say now, uh, just being there the last few years, it's been a lot of fun and I feel like I've improved a lot. So I like it over there. What are some of the responsibilities you're talking about when you, uh, when you're talking about playing first? Uh, I mean, even just like simple things like, when there's a guy on first base, right. Holding the runner on the footwork to get off the bag as the pitch is being thrown. Like that's a, that's not something a lot of people think about, but Mm -hmm. you got to be exactly the same every time. Right. Or if it's a lefty pole hitter, right. I'm not going to jump off as far. It's knowing who's hitting, knowing who's running. If there's a guy on first, like, you know, I got to hold him on, play my position. And then, you know, if it's at me, I got to turn a double play. So it's just, there's a lot going on. And uh, like I said, you just kind of learn more about it the more you play it and that's what, you know, it, I started to like it a little bit more, the more games I played over there. So there's a lot of just situational awareness then that you really have to be always be thinking about. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. I think is situational awareness for sure. Cool. Yeah. And you're like trying to get off the line as the runners taking a secondary too. I imagine that's. It, it, there's a lot of stuff going on over there, man. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem like it, but you know, if you're <laughs> yeah. playing that position, it, it, it's a lot, it's a lot. The quote from Moneyball's, you know, it, it's pretty cheesy because it's the movie we everyone in baseball quotes all the time. But yeah. tell them, Wash, it's it's easy playing first base. It's incredibly <laughs> hard. 
Yeah, and, and I, you know, I always thought it was simple because I had never played over there, right? You you look at it and you're like, just catch the ball. Like that's a, it's that's all you got to do and field yeah. field the ball. You don't got to make the throw, but realistically, there's there's a lot more going on. And I oh, yeah. that, it really opened my eyes up last year when I played over there a little bit more. Yeah, it's not the same position it used to be. Just kind of it used to be, you know, throw the larger guy over there and he'll just. He'll just stand there, catch it when it comes there. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like everything in baseball, things are changing a little bit. I guess really mentally, mentally, when there's a runner on base, you got to be in it just as much or more than pretty much anybody but the pitcher and catcher, right? So, yeah, I, that, I think it's more mental than it. I mean, obviously, there's physical a lot of that too, but it's more mental because, like I said, just the different things you got to remember who's, you know, who's at the plate. Is he a good runner, bad runner? Who am I holding on? You know, do, do I have a hunch that he's going to steal a bag, right? How can I relay that to, you know, the pitcher, the catcher, things like that. It's just, it's a lot of mind games. And that's, you know, you guys know that's what baseball is. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was incredibly unaware of your story before researching for this uh, interview. And uh, I'm assuming a lot of other Orioles fans are probably also unaware. Uh, you had kind of a breakout year this year. A lot more people learned your name. Uh, so you were drafted by the Braves out of high school. You didn't sign, correct? What was the technicality? So, there? yeah, uh, it's obviously a long, long story, but I'll, you know, I can sum it up pretty short. I actually did sign. I went down for a short amount of time and just, Realized I made a quick decision and it, it just wasn't time for me yet to get into pro ball. I thought I needed to go to college and get an education, you know, <clears throat> get away from the house a little bit, get used to that. I was still, you know, 17, about to be 18 at the time. So I just kind of made a really quick decision and uh, it was just right for me to leave at the time and, you know, work my butt off for, you know, a later opportunity, which obviously I got. And, you know, I'm just happy where I am now and, you know, it was a lot, and it was a really good learning experience for me, for sure. So, obviously, after signing a pro contract, that makes you NCAA ineligible, right? So, you ended up going yeah. to a community college? Yeah. So, I was unsure if I was able to play Division One, like, right off the bat, obviously. So, I went JUCO for those two years. Um, the whole time, I was still figuring out with the NCAA if I could go Division One or, like, what I could play. Right. And I actually verbally committed to St. John's in Queens, New York. Um, but then the summer after my sophomore year, I was in the Cape, found out I wasn't eligible. It took like a year and a half to find out. And then I ended up going to Lynn, which is Division Two, because I was eligible for that. And my roommate at my JUCO was going there. So that's how that kind of worked out. NCAA okay. dragging their feet on eligibility <laughs> concerns. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, I won't I won't get into that, but it was it was tough. It was tough. You don't have to worry about that anymore. You're good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) And then continuing along after your two years at Lynn, you go to Pittsburgh as an undrafted free agent. They trade you to Baltimore after a strange 2020. You break out in the upper minors. I've read about a lot of different paths in pro ball, but this is a sequence of events. (laughs) It's got to be a first for me. Uh, can you break down like how the rest of this kind of came to be, particularly, or I guess we already talked about that, but uh, like being an undrafted free agent's not something you hear about, especially going towards like the top of the minor leagues. And I mean, just like what, what's all this for you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me has just been kind of taking it one day at a time. And I know that's cliche, but like you said, my story is very unique. Um, yeah, I don't know anyone that has a story exactly like mine or really too similar. So I think the, the biggest thing is just, you know, I, when I signed with Pittsburgh, like I knew 
I wasn't just going to walk in there and be the guy, right. That I was at my Juco or I was at one of the guys at my, you know, at Lynn university in Florida, I had to earn that right to be a guy. And I had to, you know, put my head down and go to work, which is what I've always done. And, you know, obviously now that it's worked out for me pretty well and yeah, I still got a long way to go, but um, it, it, it's just been a lot and it's all been a learning experience for me. Um, you know, to not be, you know, like a big prospect guy, right. I, I feel as if my skill should put me there, but you know, you know how it goes with all the rankings and stuff like that. I try not to worry about that stuff and just put my head down and play the game. I've been playing forever. So, you know, it's worked out up until now and we're, we're almost up there at the big league. So I just got to keep pushing and keep finding a way to get up there. Absolutely. Keep grinding my man. Absolutely. So, yeah. So when the season ended last year, What's what's your process for the all season? Do you take some time to unwind or are you pretty much back at the cage, back in the gym the next week? Or do you have any hobbies that you do during the off season? Just talk a little bit about that, how you keep yourself busy. Yeah, I take, you know, three weeks, maybe even a month of no hitting. Um, I'll get in the weight room after, you know, three, four days because I, I have a hard time just kind of sitting still. So I always got to be doing something. Plus the um, muscles go away fast, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. Yep. Got to keep them, you know, but uh, one of my good buddies, Zach Short, he's actually in the big leagues with the Tigers. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar. He, you know, we grew up together. We obviously both live in Kingston. He's, he beats my ass in golf all the time. So we play a bunch of golf when we get home, Shit. but uh, it's good, man. It, it, off season went really well. And like I said, um, I think I got down here. I don't even know about a month and a half ago. Now, uh, we have a trainer down here, so we come down here and I was able to hit at the facility with the Orioles too. So it's, it's been really good. It was, it was a really good off season, uh, worked on a lot of different things and got a lot stronger. So just looking forward to another, you know, hopefully good year. Cool. So you're talking about hitting over the facility. Are you hitting over at Twin Lakes or since the big league club's not there right now, are they letting you use Ed Smith? What's that like? Yeah, we're at Ed Smith, nice. which is That's awesome because cool. it's yep. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So we're, we've been spoiled the past month and a half. We got to hit there every day too. So it's been, it's been awesome. It's been really awesome. That's definitely there. There is a plus side to the lockout then, huh? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but hopefully we get that part worked out soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm praying. Everyone's praying. Mm -hmm. Cool, man. So, Pat, I kind of wanted to ask you just like what getting traded is like overall. Um, but I also want to point out to anybody that doesn't know, like when you were traded, you were uh, one of those you know players to be named later. Did they tell you when they made the deal and then you just kind of had to keep it to yourself? Or did you literally not find out until they decided later on and you were headed to Baltimore? I had zero zero idea of anything um so i was in greensboro north carolina with the pirates and that was their low a at the time i think it's high a now but it was low a at the time it was actually on my birthday which is another oh, you know just <laughs> funny thing uh happy birthday Pat. We, yeah right your shit. Uh, <laughs> we had a day game i think at noon so i was in the cage it's like 10 30 11 o'clock and my coach just called me into his office and you know whenever that happens immediately my mind goes to this can't be good. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything or I was playing. Okay. Not great. Not bad. Um, then he let me know. And it was just like, you just, you never see that coming. Right. And like I said, I, I had no prior knowledge of it. So it was, in a it was a crazy 
day, crazy week, crazy two weeks, um, all the different emotions, you know, happy, sad to leave all the, you know, good buddies and staff over with the pirates, but, uh, and just not really knowing what to expect. Right. Um, I, I didn't know really anyone. I knew one name and it was David LeBron and that was mm-hmm. in high a Frederick at the time. And I only knew his name because I played against him in college. Gotcha. Um, and you know, that's, that's a lot, obviously, right. You, you develop these relationships with guys in one organization and at this, and you know, snap your fingers, you're gone. Mm-hmm. And you got to do it all over again. Um, but obviously it ended up being, you know, the best thing for me and the best thing for my career. And I'm, stoked to be over here with the Orioles and just to be a part of, you know, an organization that's on the rise, especially in the minor leagues. And it should be an exciting, you know, the next few years. You, uh, you played, you had, you played a little bit, a little bit of all in Frederick, right? Yeah. Yeah. I played almost half the season there, maybe right after the all-star break in 19 is when I got traded. So just, just wondering what what do you think about Frederick? Cause like if I were to go upstairs and stand on the roof of my house, I could probably see the stadium. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah. Um, I liked it. It was a little older. Oh yeah. No, it is. (laughs) Yeah. Walking Um, through downtown Frederick's like walking through somewhere in like the 1800s. But you talk about the ballpark or the town. I'm talking. I was talking ballpark. I actually yeah, like. Oh, that's why I yeah. like the little downtown area in Frederick. Though we we yeah. went down there, had some good mm-hmm. meals down there when my family came. And stuff. Did like you ever that. get to that? Did you ever get to that Thai restaurant that's down there? You know the name of it? Uh, I don't know. We went there not too long ago, and I don't even remember the name of it. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. It's it's really? right there on the main strip. There's like a sushi restaurant upstairs, and then a Thai restaurant downstairs. It's the best. Oh, you know what? I actually, I have the upstairs is the sushi you said, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. I, that's why I remember. I've, and then you walk down there... a, a staircase. that's about this wide. Yes. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> but me and my parents went every time they came because they loved it so much. Yeah. It was a really good place. Good spot. Dude. I actually have a funny story about uh, you being in Frederick. My mother who knows nothing about baseball lives in Frederick. <laughs> my parents do. She says to me like probably with, within a week of when you were traded to the Orioles organization. She's like, Brad, are you familiar with Patrick Dorian? I was like, Dorian, yeah, he's he's the guy we just got from the Pirates organization. She's like, oh, he was uh, just reading the kids at the library. I was like, wow, this guy's been here for like a week. Sounds like a stand. That's right. Dude. That's right. Yeah. I was. So how do I you got get... asked right away, and I, I wasn't going to say no. You know, yeah. Like if you say no to that question, that's not a good look. You so know, like, do they just <laughs> approach you directly, or do they go to the team, and the team gives you uh, offers you opportunities like that? How does that work? From what I remember, um, I think it was one of the video guys with the Orioles and with Frederick at the time. He came in the clubhouse and I think he just kind of asked, excuse me, he just asked the room uh, who wanted to do it. And I just kind of volunteered. I was the new guy and just, I don't know, I wanted to just step up, I think, something like that. Cool. But you didn't want him to think you hated kids. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that'd be a tough first impression. (laughs) <laughs> my roommate Absolutely. just walked past and was like heard me talking about that restaurant it was Psst, it's called Sumetra. yeah yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah ryan make That's a awesome. note uh when i come down there for opening day can we please get thai because yeah. the thai restaurants in cleveland are terrible like yes, we haven't we found anything worth they, going back to really they spoiled me because i'd never been to thai until i moved out i have like, been to a thai place until i moved out here and then they were like we're gonna go to this thai spot i hope you like thai i'm like i don't know but i'll try it and then they gave me this plate of pad thai that's like yes this oh. big and just so good. absolutely so good. It. 
So Very good. Nice. So yes, I will take you there. Yeah, we're gonna go there for sure. <laughs> Uh, Pat, there's a growing sect of O's fans that believe Buck Britton could be the next O's manager and obviously hides there for an undetermined amount of years right now. But what was it like to play for him and uh, what kind of presence or mindset does he bring to a squad? He's he's awesome. Um, he's one of my favorite coaches, you know, I've ever had. And I'm not just saying that the guy just uh, he's all about just getting better. Right. And he makes it very clear that there's no reason to be afraid of making mistakes. Right. Obviously, we want to win all our games in the minor leagues if we can. But at the end of the day, you know, people realistically only care about wins in the big leagues, right? So he's okay with, you know, maybe guys who don't steal a lot of bags trying to steal bases, right? They want to get better at that. If you get thrown out the next day in our pregame meeting, like you'll be on video. We'll talk through it. Why'd you do it? Okay, like good or bad. There's no getting in your face, screaming at you. It's it's all about learning and like – it sounds corny, but man, it's, it's an effective way to coach. Cause we had a lot of success last year in Bowie too, obviously. So uh-huh. he's, he's just a really great guy, a uh, really amazing baseball mind. He's been around, he's played, I think he played up till triple I want to say. Um, he he just gets it, man. Uh, he, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. He'll be in triple A and I'm just looking forward to, you know, hopefully playing under him again and learning from him throughout spring training in the season for sure. Actually, the interesting part of that to me is you said uh, is the way you're wording it. It sounds like guys pretty much have the green light if they want to steal bases, if they think they can get a good jump. Is that how that works? Or Right. You know, not every single person. Yeah. Right. I mean, there are some <laughs> guys that that's just not what they do. Right. right. Um, but even like a guy like me, I, you know, I'd like to steal more bags. It's not something I do very often at all, but I right. feel like I'm fast enough if I can get to technique that, yeah. excuse me, techniques down. Uh, that's something I could incorporate into my game. And I don't have the worry of, oh, if I get thrown out, I'm going to get chewed out, right? Because he's not yeah. going to do that. It's just going to be, okay, why'd you do it? You know, was it a good time to do it? Good count? Was the pitcher quick to the plate? Was he long to the plate? It's just different things like that. And he just talks you through things. He's not going to get in your face and scream at you. He's going to talk you through it. So it, it's great. He's a good we, dude. We had, uh, we had Anthony Servideo on last week. And he's very fast. As yeah. I think everybody yeah. knows that. And he was saying that he had a past coach that the target stealing percentage he they wanted that they wanted them to be at was eighty percent. If they were t- and even higher than that, they said was he said was not too high. Enough. Yeah, you're not because you're not running. You're not enough. doing it enough, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Is there anything like that in? that you've experienced coming up through the system, or is that just kind of some weird thing that his past coach had? Honestly, I haven't heard that, but it makes a whole lot of sense. Right. I mean, uh, I I don't have any cool things like that, but (laughs) that's pretty cool. That's that's an interesting way to put it. I've, I've never heard that. I like that a lot. Yeah, the three of us are sitting here, just our minds blown. Really, yeah, like, no, no. Yeah. Go <laughs> that was one of the more interesting baseball philosophies that I've actually heard. So, I like, yeah, yeah I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, kind of lucky for you. The stealing game in baseball is going to more of a calculated approach, anyway. You know, like the fast True. guys, they're still stealing and more like 
situations where it makes sense. Like I think Trevor story led the league in stolen bases in 2020. He's not notoriously like a fast guy necessarily, but knows right. how to pick pitches. And I mean, great to hear that they're teaching more of that. Yeah. You're talking we 20... talk a lot about that stuff. Sorry. Totally cut you off. No, uh, no, you're good. I, I was just wondering if you were talking 2020, the shortened season, or are you talking last year as in 21? It was 2020, but still okay. like, I think he's had higher skill numbers in previous years too. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Man. Oh, no, no, no. You're good. You're good. Cool. Um, well, yeah, anyway, man, obviously you had a bit of a power surge last year. Shit, the first half of the season you were hitting them out of that. Was pretty much as high of a raise as anybody in minor league baseball. So that would obviously had to feel pretty good. So uh, two-thirds of your career minor league home runs came last year. So what do you attribute that to? Is it a change in your swing? Is it strength training? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, obviously the weight room is a big part of that. You know, there's no – can't say differently than that. But um, I think for me the biggest thing was just kind of shortening everything up. I kind of had, a you know, a higher leg kick years before and trying to get to my spot, right, but it involved a lot of movement. And last year I was able to get to my spot, meaning like getting to – like landing with stride – with my stride and everything quicker, sooner, earlier, starting earlier. Um and just hitting the ball more out in front. Uh, right. I, I'm a big backside guy. I really like going to left center. But I think last year I really opened up the pull side for me. Right. And when guys came inside, I liked that last year. Years before, I was a little hesitant on those. And the second you hesitate on an inside pitch, you know, if it's everyone throws 95 plus now, you're, you're done. Right. Um, so just working. I think the number one thing is just focusing on hitting the ball more out in front. Uh, Ryan Fuller worked with me a bunch on that and Bowie all season long. He gave me hundreds of just different drills and different thoughts and cues to think about. And, you know, a lot of them clicked and, uh, you know, luckily I was able to, you know, hit a bunch out of the park and that was what I needed to do. And now, you know, you got to go do it again this year. So for sure, for sure. So uh, I'm pretty curious, actually, your take on what the most important lifts are when it comes to hitting bombs, what do you work on strengthening the most and, you know, what kind of helps you drive the ball farther? You said lifts. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I mean, like, obviously I do the tra- a lot of the traditional, you know, squat, deadlift, things like that. Um, when I get down here, like I said, we, me and Newstrom come down a month and a half early and we go with our trainer, Jason Riley. And uh, he does a lot of different uh, strength and speed stuff as well. So it's not just all powerlifting, powerlifting, right? There's a lot of rotational movements, obviously, because that's what baseball is. It's mm-hmm. all rotation. Um, and just different things like that. We'll get on the bike at the end of the day, too. Uh, you know, so it's not just all get bulk and big and stuff like that. You know, it's you want to be lean at the same time to allow my body to work properly and move properly. Yeah. And uh, I think last season was the most, you know, I don't want I don't want to say flexible, but my everything in my body felt like I could do whatever I want with it. At times it's been like um, super stiff here. Oh, I don't I, I can't rotate this way that far because, you know, I didn't work on these specific things in the off season. So if that makes any sense, um, just try to become a little more rotational and, you know, a little more explosive with my swing and things like that. Um, and obviously. Okay. So as far as the power lifts go, you're you're looking at the squats, the deadlifts, and then you have flexibility type exercises that you do that help you rotate faster is what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Absolutely. 
Good stuff, man. Brad's trying to make a late career run at Pro Bowl. He's going to see. Well, no, no. I have to chase my 3,000 career softball hits, but I want to make sure I'm hitting plenty of bombs along the way. So, you know. <laughs> Love that. Love that. I'll yeah. never forget the day that you told me that you keep an Excel sheet. I've tracked every single at bat since I started playing slow pitch softball. Oh, no. I love it. Track the bombs, track the hits. I, I set goals before every year. First game of the season is actually Friday in South Carolina. I can't wait. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Brad, do you do you count the, the when when you play in the league that you and I played in, does does do you count the bombs that don't count? Uh yeah, I do count those. <laughs> I, Good, I, I, I count them as bombs, but I don't count them as hits. Does that make sense? No, but I got it. Does, you. It does because if it's an out, if it's an out, like I still hit oh, it. Oh, is it the bomb. there's home run limits? So yeah, if you hit yeah, one for an out, yeah, that's why. I've heard so. about that. I've heard about that. Yeah, so that's funny. I never had that problem, but he always told me that like if you hit a solo <laughs> home run, the whole team's gonna be pissed at you. Yeah. Right. Like, why are you wait? Why are you wasting the bombs? Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. That's literally it. It's for the That's it's fun. for the brand, man. It's for the brand. <laughs> Brad's got to get up, inflate his slugging percentage when he's oh. not supposed to be. OPS goals, baby. OPS. Hell yeah. So, Pat, I know you mentioned uh, you mentioned Rob Newstrom a couple times already. Uh, would you say that he's your best friend that you've made in your time in the organization? And if not, who? Oh man. Um, I mean, he's definitely one of them. He's, you know, he's definitely one of my best friends. Uh, JC Ascaro, we got super close with him. We went down to Miami in the off season and saw him for a couple of days too. So, you know, the, the really cool thing about, you know, this organization too, is I've said it on, you know, to whoever I'm talking to, there's a lot of, you know, obviously really good baseball and a lot of talent, but just good dudes. You know, it's fun to be in the clubhouse. It's fun to be around anyone right there's no stupid yeah. you know there's no clicks and things like that that you see sometimes it's everyone gets along with everyone uh, everyone you know talk a little shit to each other have fun with it and uh it's awesome I, you know I, i'm close with so many dudes i can't really just specify one guy you know what i'm saying but uh yeah, yeah a lot of a lot of good dudes and a lot of really good relationships drew rom said that there's a lot of shit talking that goes on he even oh, yeah. uh he even credited himself with uh Zach Watson's home runs last year because he told him he just talked so much shit to him that he just started hitting bombs. Yeah, he told him he was really soft. (laughs) See, and that's why it's cool, too, is because, like, you know, you can talk shit and everyone knows you're just, you know, you're just messing around. Like, of course. And people take it as, like, you know, like Zach Waddy probably, sorry, Zach Watson probably took it as, like, uh, fuel, right? He's like, okay, yeah, talk shit. I know it's a joke, but I'm going to take that and I'm going to go ahead. 20 yeah. homers and steal over 20 bags or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah uh, sure. Have you, it's awesome. have, have you met or played with any of the guys that are currently on the, the big league team? Uh, Richie Martin was down in Bowie for a couple games last oh, yeah. year. Yep. Uh, means actually pitched a game in Bowie last year. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did. Was, um, trying to think there were more, there were more guys too. Uh, Anthony Santander was down for like, Three, four. He hit a absolute tank. I remember that. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. It was a huge. I think we were down a run or two, and he comes. I think he let off the inning or something. Just an absolute tank. Um. Yeah, well, I got to meet a bunch of them, which was cool. pretty cool, and just kind of conversate with them. I actually kind of totally forgot that about the whole like rehab thing. Does does game day change at all 
when you got a guy like like say like Santander or Means coming down? Does it does it change or is it just like, hey, this guy's in the lineup tonight. Let's just do our thing. Honestly, I you know I, I didn't nothing changed for me, right? Obviously, you see it and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. But then it's like, okay, I still got a game to play, right? Yeah, like, I still got to lock in. Nothing changes for me. Um, but yeah, and, you know, not too much changes. Um, especially like a guy, like when means came down, like I, you know, I went up to him and introduced myself. And then after that, I stayed away. He's got a big start. He's rehabbing, like let him take care of what he needs to take care of. I'm not trying to get in the way of that. So that's just, I, baseball, you guys know, it's a lot of routine and a lot of, I do this before every start, especially pitchers. Right. So I'm like, okay. So I went up to him, said, hello, super nice guy. Now I'm going to let him do his thing. That's just kind of how I handle big leaders being down. I think it was a couple years ago. I'm from like the Southeast Michigan, North, Northwest Ohio area. And uh, I think I I watched the Toledo mud hens a lot when I was a kid. And uh, I think there was a time Miguel Cabrera came to Toledo because it's the Tigers triple a, I can't imagine being a mud hens player. And you know, you're maybe on a typical night, you get about 5,000 people in there. And then Miguel Cabrera, (laughs) future hall of famer shows up and you got a sold out crowd. Everyone's going wild every time he comes on the field. Maybe a little different in that there. situation. <laughs> yeah, that see that, that might get a little reaction from me if <laughs> oh Miguel Cabrera is coming down for a rehab stint. Like, okay, I'm gonna have to talk his ear off a little bit. You know, yeah, right. get, get some get <laughs> be, something from him. <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny if like everybody else was you know acting like at least a little bit starstruck, and you were like, "Who's this guy again?" Well, I never even heard of him. Really. Yeah. What? <laughs> anyway. It's one of the greatest right-handed power hitters of all time. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, no oh, big deal. that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Pat, do you think playing amateur ball and early college ball in the colder New England climate uh, hindered your path to pro ball in any way, or is it just like got just got to stand out like I would have to anyway? Um, I, I don't think it hindered anything. I mean, obviously, if you're in warm weather all the time, that's I want to say it's an advantage, but like it's a little bit easier, right? Even like training wise and things like that. You know, I've my whole life throughout high school, even I played three sports in high school, but you know, baseball was always it for me. So, you know, I'd go to basketball practice. And then when that was done, I'd have to go inside to my cage to go hit before I could go home, things like that. And other guys can go to their field with lights, you know, just different tiny little things like that, that you don't really think about, um, especially when you're younger, you know, goes a long way. Uh, but I don't think it hindered anything. Like you said, you got to stand out either way, whether you're in New York or wherever, wherever you are, Florida doesn't matter. Um, so, if, you know, you work hard wherever you are, you have the talent, they'll find you. That's just, that's just the way it goes. Right. Like, I think Mike Trout was, you know, people were pretty high on Mike Trout, obviously when he was coming up through New Jersey, but I think him playing that colder climate, like is why he was able to drop to the angels and worked out for them. Right. But <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Oh. Cool. So, uh, Pat, is there a game in your professional career that sticks out to you as like a favorite memory, w- whether you were maybe locked in that day, you just had a sick game, or there was a crazy comeback or anything along those lines? Is there any, any particular games that stand out? Another good question. Um, I think for me, probably, you know, personally, last year was I hit, I had my first multi-home run game in Richmond which was pretty oh. cool um and I, I was like kind of dealing with a quad injury my quad was wrapped up like crazy and oh wow I wasn't even sure if I was going to play and then hit two homers so that was a really cool experience obviously uh 
hitting two homers in a game doesn't happen often. So that yeah, was she walked off. That's probably home. my favorite. Yeah, yeah, it was probably my favorite memory from last year. I actually was at the game against Akron. I don't know if you remember this one. Ninth inning, you guys were down two nothing. You hit an opposite field bomb to left yeah, field to I tie it up too. too. Yeah, <laughs> so that one sticks out to me. I, dude, I love the swag when you're around around in first base. You did one of these right here, like, I was like yeah, sick. I like that. Always, man. The the bullpen was always always told us to point to him whenever we hit a home. Uh, so that's like, what that some, is. Okay. Sometimes I do it because I remember, and then. Sometimes I wouldn't because you yeah. know I'm just locked in and you forget. But they love that stuff. It's yeah, awesome. yeah. That was uh, that was a Father's Day game because I brought my dad to that. My dad was pissed off that it went to extra and he wanted to go home. It was hot. <laughs> I was like, no, hey, tell, tell him I'm sorry. Tell him All right, I <laughs> gotta beat the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him know. <laughs> I've got yeah, a sadder was... story of you at Akron. Um, I watched the final game of the season for Bowie when you guys got walked off in the ninth inning. Yeah, and I just remember. Yeah. I was looking at the buoy dugout. I was sitting right behind it. You were the only guy standing on the top uh, stair, just staring at them, uh, celebrating. But I, I, that just yeah. stuck out to me that you were that guy just staring out there. Yeah, no, I, man, it, it, it means something, right? Obviously, yeah. it's minor league baseball. And it's not, you know, if you don't win, it's not like the end of the world. But it's a long season. It's a lot of games. And, you know, you make it that far, you want to win, clearly, oh, right? And uh, I don't care if it's – Triple A, I don't care if it's the GCL, right? I, I want to win. Um, so that, you know, that, that hit me pretty hard, honestly. And, uh, you know, it was fine. And we went in the clubhouse and we talked and everything was fine. But, yeah, that was, that was tough. I just sat out. I don't even know why I sat out there and watched him. But I, I was just like, damn, I really wanted to win this fucking series. We get all this way and we lose it, you know? It's like, damn. But it's all good. It's part of the process. Yes, sir. I tried to take a picture of you standing up there, but I had a cell phone camera, man. It wasn't. It's like not a good shot. <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> since since we're uh, telling Patrick Dorian stories about our dads, um, I too brought my dad to a Bay Sox game this year, and he like he keeps up with the O's, but like he always like I'm like his number one resource when it comes to you know you guys and stuff because he just doesn't. Right to follow it and so he would like ask me about every player he knew about by, uh, you guys <laughs> i mean like the minor league team no <laughs> fuck face um <laughs> and i you came up he was like dorian who's this guy and i was like actually you know we just stole him from the pirates and i think he at this time you like led the organization in home runs he was like that's weird and i believe you hit a bomb Dang, I was like, I told you. Oh, no way. I told you, man. Yeah. Let's go. Yep. That and uh, we also, uh, during the season, we play an organizational fantasy game every week where okay. we take – On this podcast. Yeah. On this podcast, <laughs> yeah. We pick a – we're probably going to reformat it a little bit, but we pick a player from every level. And you were you became a serious dark horse pick this year for Love our fantasy that. game. Yeah. Love that. Yep. That's, pretty cool, one of my weeks, that's so. pretty cool, you guys. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. I but, took uh, third, I think, every single game. <laughs> it, it was always – Ryan always won, then I would come in second job and come in last. <laughs> pretty much every week. We even that's had rules idea. We even had rules that prevented you from, like, picking the same team every week, and I still won. It was the yeah, best. It was, it was just lucky-ass <laughs> bullshit, dude. Yep. <laughs> Isn't all that's fantasy funny. sports. Yeah, you're right. You're not wrong about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is my my last question for you, Pat. Um, yeah. 
how was the jump from double A AA to triple A? Um, you know, I know you didn't face a whole lot of action in triple A, but what were the big differences that you saw from the quality of pitching from that, uh, from that jump in levels? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was only up there a week, obviously. So I didn't get to see a whole lot, but you know, I, I played four or five games. I struggled a little bit. Um, you know, I, I didn't notice a huge difference. I think it's more just, uh, you know, the, the pitchers learn from every pitch, right? In double A, some guys do, some guys don't. Some guys are still kind of just up there throwing sometimes. Triple A, it's like, you know, there's going to be a lot of ex-big leaguers or guys on rehab or just guys that got sent down, right? It, it, it's it's just more of a adult game up there, right? There's grown-ass men playing in triple A, really mm-hmm. is the easiest way to say it. And the pitchers are just a lot more polished, right? The the three, one, the two Oh heater, you think you're going to get, you, you know, you probably won't get it or there's a really good chance you won't get it. Right. So you got to really lock in and hone in on the tendencies of the guy on the mound. and You know, what pitch does he throw in certain counts? What are the percentage, what are the percentages, excuse me, that, you know, he'll, what does he throw two Oh, is it 60% fastball or is it, you know, 60% slider change it, whatever it is, you got to pay a lot more attention to things like that because it's not as simple as it, is, as it is at some other levels, right? When you get to like hitter advantage counts, you're, you, you, I've always been able to just lock in on heater or lock in on a curveball if he's been throwing, get me over curveballs. But uh, now it's kind of like, okay, this guy's not just going to give me one. He's not just going to throw one over the plate because, you know, AAA hitters are a lot more experienced and polished as well. So they got to still find ways to get you out and they'll do whatever it is and throw whatever pitch needed to get you out. Yeah. And you hit double wow. A, you're facing top 100 prospects. You're facing guys that are going to be in the MLB by the end of the season. I mean, yeah, it's, the it sounds MLB. like Josh, come in on. In MLB, man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> different animal in double a from pretty much a lot of measures i guess yeah absolutely all right pat well you said you got to get out of here so thank you so much for coming on man this was really awesome uh, it was great to talk to you and um yeah we'll be in touch we'll let you know when the episode goes up and is there absolutely. anything you would like to plug before you get out of here <laughs> Say that one more time. I lost you for a sec. Sorry. Uh, just wondering if there's anything you want to plug, like your social medias or anything like that. Uh, I mean, social media is just at Pat Dorian. Nice and simple. If you want to give me a follow, I appreciate cool. it. Everybody <laughs> follow this man. Good stuff. All right. Thanks, Pat. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah it was awesome, on. man. I appreciate thanks it, a lot. Yep. Hey, good luck this year. Absolutely.